You're listening to The Life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. Not as funny as Kev. You know, Kevin's not that funny though. Kevin comes across as being funny, but he's not. Off air, he's really boring. He's a boring <laughs> unit. <laughs> you two actually work pretty well though. I like it. No, nah, I don't like him. No, nah, he's rubbish. Um, Luke Bell is here again fronting uh, the life of Tri. Phil Rockner in the chair. We're going to have a chat about a few things, I hope. Uh, nice to uh, catch up with you for a while, Luke. We're still locked down and <laughs> moving on through COVID style. Yeah, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to feel like Tom Hanks. I'm pretty excited <laughs> about getting out, more so just to get a haircut than, than anything else. Yeah, been, uh, we've been bunking up for a while. I'm I'm pretty good at not talking to anyone. Kids drive <laughs> nuts. We're pulling paint off the walls. The fifteen k's now, so it's like a whole new world out there. I know. Look, what a shitty top. What a compl- like Melbourne. I mean, I'm not going to get real political here because I don't really. You know, it's just a shitty time. The politicians have completely balls this up um, from state to federal to whatever. But my god. The toll that it's taken on everyone, it's pretty full on, isn't it? Like there's a lot of unhappy people floating around at the moment. Yeah, like we we sort of switched off, it, off to everything after a while. Um, you know, our 5K bubble for however long it's been, 200 plus whatever days is not too bad. We've got the ocean in there, so we're pretty happy. But I got a bit down one time and then I thought about the past two years and, you know, like, we had a laugh about it with some few friends. I, you know, sort of had that. You have that grand idea of whatever race you pick as you sort of your last one. And for me, it was the last four was sort of going to be Port Mac. That's where I started. Mechanical there. We rolled the cans, broke the leg. So this is just over two years ago. I had a broken leg, wheelchair. Started up. Started pretty much. You know, my first job in. Let's be honest. Probably my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> With triathlon Victoria, and my first day at work was with like thirty junior triathletes at a camp at Mount Eliza, and I was in a wheelchair and couldn't walk. <laughs> Did that for you know a year, um, and then you know COVID hit, so we we're, we're in that, and then uh, picked up a job at on running, and I've been there for about a year now too. So a lot has changed in probably the past two years, even though. I was stuck in a 5K radius for, you know, yeah. 75% of it. We've done well. I mean, empl- gainfully employed, uh, out of the wheelchair, all good things. Must have been pretty funny, though, like going up and seeing these bright-eyed kids going, hey, tri- triathlon's awesome. <laughs> you two can get in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll tell you what, Mount Eliza's pretty hilly and my wheelchair skills were <laughs> far from good. Yeah. Yeah, it's been um, it's it's, but me and Kevin, when I do like to agree with him, which is not often, but when we do, we have been agreeing recently, which has been it's it's upsetting. I'll be honest, it's upsetting. Um, we sort of the the world of triathlon has changed so much in the last, I reckon, two years. I think in that COVID period, um, you know, from the time it took me to want to bake sourdough to wanting to throw a dough of a bowl of sourdough starter against the wall in that time lots happened in triathlon like the do you see it like from now from the outside do you see it 
differently? Obviously, you do because you retire, but do you see it differently in terms of what you're seeing developers in racing? Yeah, like you talk a lot's changed. It sounds like a song, isn't it? A lot has changed, but Kevin remains the same. <laughs> it's like a country and western song. I miss Nev. I miss seeing his 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 place at races. Um, hey, you know, he's got the most immaculate hair in the world and he's all tanned because he's been in Lanzarote and I've been in Melbourne in winter and I look like some anemic alien. It's not a good look when we do a he vlog. Loves, he loves Lanzarote, doesn't he? Oh, he could li- I, I'm pretty sure he's eyeing off living there. Like when he goes walking down the local market, there's people kissing his hand and stuff and he wears like a white suit and a fedora. So I don't know what to make of that, but, you know, Kev's enjoying it. Um, but racing is different, isn't it? Like, Or am I just dreaming? Like is it is the way and where athletes can go? Yeah, I think so. And there, there was sort of no choice. Like everyone, you, you sort of sit there and I was always intrigued about everyone throwing up different scenarios and this is what we should do. This was like they're, they're trying to plan off the past, but, you know, you break it down. It's a pandemic. None of us, you know, hopefully going to live through another one of these. But none of us have had anything like this in in our lifetimes. You know, our parents haven't either. Um, so you pretty much got to keep moving forward with the best you can. And it's it's hard to actually look back on anything and say this would work, that would work, because again, it's a you know, it's a once in a lifetime thing. So I think everyone's done. I would say, you know, and it has been extremely hard for a lot of people and racing has suffered, but the ones that sort of, I would say, probably took the bulls by the horns and said, all right, this is not going away anytime soon. I've accepted that. What can I do to get to races? And then, you know, you look at some other, you know, other race directors as well, and they've had to bounce and move with it as well. You know, they're we look at the different concepts that have popped up, different ideas. Frodo's put on his own race. Um, you know, at the end of the day, yes, they're trying to please sponsors, but, you know, the, the athletes want to race as well. So, yeah, you go back two years, it was a hell of a lot different to, do it, to it is now. Um, it'll be interesting to see what comes out the back of this and, and how the sport changes, how the athlete change. Um, yeah, everything moving forwards. Two big things, I reckon. I mean, the... the, the... The Battle Royale, the Royale with cheese. That what, what um, Battle Royale? Sorry? We, what was the Battle Royale? That, you know, Fredino v. Sanders, the Colonel. Oh, um, um, the, the Frodo show. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah the, the, the seven hours dedicated to me. Uh, yeah, and then we'll shake hands with Sanders at the finish line. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, that I mean, but that that obviously, look now, Frodo's the best triathlete in the world, yeah. right? I reckon him and um, uh, Lucy, the new world champion, are the two best triathletes in the world, package wise, um, the most marketable, I reckon, because their social media game is red hot and their um, racing is matching their media. In yeah. that. Here's a question for you. Like yeah. many years ago, down in Brazil, Fernanda Keller actually had like a Barbie doll made of her. <laughs> like, let's be honest, maybe like a Ken and Barbie made of Lucy and, and Frodo. I, Would it sell? Do you reckon it would sell? Do you reckon there's kids keen to get a like a Frodo Ken doll or are they – and if you were Frodo – you get sign off on everything though, surely. 
Yeah. It'd, like, you know, you want to make sure you're in proportion. and t- Like a Frodo doll would take <laughs> a Ken doll, I reckon. He'd probably even outdo the Ken doll because what's Frodo, 6'4"? He'd tower. Yeah, he's a unit. He's, he's, a unit. Ad- he's as chiseled as Ken is. He is. He is. I, I, I think I liken him to, you know, a Ken doll regularly. Uh, on this podcast, it's an intriguing thing. Fernando Keller, though, let's be fair, there was not a lot of triathletes coming out of that country doing huge things. No, few, a few, but not like I don't know. Would you get a Would you get a Keenlay doll, Sebastian Keenlay, and you'd race your two dolls against each other in a Make believe try. Would your kids do? I don't think mine would. <laughs> <laughs> Tilly, Tilly might enjoy plaiting Lucy's hair. What, Lucy, <laughs> Lucy ran the what the pink hair at, at um, yeah. Malfrey, didn't she? So yeah, Till yeah. might play with Lucy a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon my super dog might enjoy chewing on a Fredino, but I'm not sure the kids yeah. would play with it. It's an interesting concept. It the, That sort of set the tone, though, wasn't it? So the reason I was talking about him being the best triathlete in the world is because he's commercially as savvy as they come, I would have thought. Yep. Um, and he's not going out there just to do that for fun. So is that the future? I mean, a company's just going to put on those sorts of shows. Do you, at On Running, sit around the, the table for marketing and go, hey, I'm going to drop a couple of hunge on this one uh, and get it up and running. We'll get two athletes and have a running race um, because it's a beautiful product where you work. Um, you know, is that – we seeing something around that? Are we seeing something around that style of race setup, do you reckon? Or is it just, you know, just the Frodo show and that was pretty much it? Well, I've been interested. And without, you know – Talking to Yarn, it's hard to know whether it was, you know, is it about pleasing sponsors? But a lot of his sponsors got on, on board as well, probably knowing that it would create a lot of attention. Yeah. The nice thing was that it, it like, it was different to the norm. Like, you know, we go back, well, you can go back two decades and, you know, long course racing, Ironman racing, whatever you call it, it, it has pretty much been cookie cutter, same, same, but different. You know, we yeah. often spoke about that for, for many years, you and I. Um, yep. So, it, like, it's sort of refreshing for something new. And, you know, companies are going to jump on board because it's a, it is a new idea. It creates interest. It create, it's created discussion. You know, his race, the Collins Cup as well, you know, no one knew whether they were going to be successful. No one knew whether it was going to be good or bad media out of it, whether how smoothly they're going to run. But mm. everyone was interested in it because it's a different concept, it's a different race, and, you know, the results in a way could be different in some of those events. It was interesting, wasn't it? I mean, I the Collins Cup, obviously, I wasn't on the ground. Kevin was. He was there, no doubt. Every, every man, Kevin. Um He's in Munich at the moment, in case anyone wonders to know. He's in Germany. Um, uh, the Collins Cup was pretty cool, though. I mean, despite some, I think, some problems, you know, technically. And, and again, they, they acknowledge that. The PTI aren't silly. Kevin and I say this often, that there are smarter people in the triathlon room than us. And they acknowledge their, their you know, the mistakes they made. But that was still, a you know, they got it off the ground and they got it moving and it, it, it shook 
up the triathlon world a bit. Everyone took a took a look. Yep, and it's like you know, like anything. It, the Gen One of anything is never perfect. There's always glitches. You always you know wait mm. to Gen Three to get to get that the better model. Um, but did Gen One pass? Yeah, hell yeah, I reckon. You know, it's we we can all sit here and be nitty picky because. <laughs> Ninety nine percent of the human, you know, people are gonna go towards negative. It's hard for people I've always found over the years to give a compliment. It's hard to say job well done. You know that was pretty good. You know they'll, they'll come back, and it's so easy to pick the negatives. And you know could have done this better, could have done that better. But you know if you look at what they did well, they got one. You know the majority or the the best athletes in the world that they could get their hands on. They pretty much got them there in the one spot. Um, everyone walked away with a paycheck. So, you know, the athletes were happy. They did their absolute best probably with their budgets to, to get footage and commentary, you know, on board, you know, all the, all the negative I've heard is there could be more cameras, you know, the commentary could be a little bit better. Yes. But, you know, at the end of the day, it got a lot of people viewing it. Um, I was sucked into, you know, late at night, Mm. what was going to go on, who was, who was going to come out on top. Yeah, it's it's part of that match play, you know. Like PTOs really embrace golf. They're they're loving. I mean, I'm pretty sure at the PTO head office, they're all wearing plaid pants and that kind of stuff. Um, one glove. Um, they're loving golf sick at the minute, and they've taken a real leaf out of the golfing book um, in terms of how they're setting up um, the the Collins Cup. I thought it was the same. I thought that you know, I thought they probably overspend a bit on Liggett. Um, he didn't seem to really get it, um, but that's that's just a side. Liggett's Liggett. Um, the and everything else they did was pretty decent. And the, and as you said, you get the, you get the best of anything though. You know, show me the best to whatever players, male or female, and I'm going to watch as a sports person. So, you know, now they've got to figure out how they package it up for the wider sporting world um and if it is of something that is of interest to the wider sporting world but yeah i mean the collins cut was a pass new concept like fredino v fredino new concept and then you you throw in macca in the super league which is not a new concept but it's certainly a a, um, a new spin on an old concept um with him naming the team did you buy a super league t-shirt with the your favorite team on it no, oh, I bought one for Tilly and Harriet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd yeah. love that. Yeah. What were the teams? Well, there was a number of them. We were disappointed there was no wombats. You know, <laughs> um, you know, there was no uh, echidnas. You know, Maka. You know, being being a um, a guy in the ass trial. Um, sorry, a um, rugby player. I thought he would have gone a bit. You know, could have gone a bit more in that as well. So. Um, I'm just I'm trying to find. I always forget the names of these. I'm trying to find. There we go. Uh, the Eagles. You could have gone the Scorpions. There was the Sharks, the Cheetahs, and the Rhinos. I think the Rhinos is pretty hard. They're like big, fat, and lumbering. Scorpions are generally not liked at all. Um, I mean, Eagles. People like an eagle. Don't know too many people in my neck of the woods who love a shark. Uh, yeah. See, I mean, if you if you go like the Super League uh, wombats, everyone loves a wombat. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know. The concept has been good though. Like we, I guess yeah. we sit back and laugh because I think the rest of the world it's it's this new new idea where obviously we go back to the nineties and it's 
Um, it's just, like I said, it's, it's a revamped concept of what Macca raced in himself and was a huge part in. Um, but what we do all know, you know, obviously back here in Australia and New Zealand, is it was bloody successful. Like, it, yeah. it was primetime television on the Sunday afternoon and, yeah, like, you know, that's where we got to know the Brad Bevins, the Greg Welches, you know, you know the Miles Stewarts. That's that's where they become a bit more household names. Um, Macca knows that worked. Uh and you know he's I guess he's taken it to other parts of the world trying to trying to sell it and get it on TV. Uh, yeah. I did like, and it was probably a force of hand. Like he, there probably wasn't too much choice in it between COVID, you know, Olympics, World Championships. But it sort of was cool that it was condensed into a you know four to what was it a one month period. That's uh, that's the genius of it. Every weekend, well, that was pretty yeah. cool. I like yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's the genius of it, mate. I reckon. He's just gone, and we've said, I'll buy you for a month as you're an athlete. You're an athlete going, well, Christ, I don't have to go and worry about racing for wins. I can, you know, still perform, obviously, but I don't have to, you know, I'm still going to get a paycheck, which is, in this day and age in sports, pretty decent. Um, and um, that's what Macca did, bought him for a month. I love it. It's, it's you know, and the Eagles, for those who are still uncertain, the Eagles won, of course. Uh Go the Eagles, the mighty Eagles. They um they were ahead of the Scorpions, so you know big big rivalry there, long rivalry, Eagles and Scorpions. Um, but no, he he's he's done well. It's a very good concept. He's got it executed properly. The finale in uh, Malibu with um the two Olympic champions again, just just clever, all good, all good stuff. Um, isn't Flora Duffy enjoying herself at the moment? Oh. She's another one that's just that all-round package, isn't she? Presents yeah. well, speaks to her well, just always does everything with with a smile. Um, but on the race course, is just pure grit and determination. Um, yeah. And again, it's you look at those like you look at her and you look at Frodo, and everyone talks about run specialists, bike specialists, and but those two are the like they're a triathlete. They swim, bike, and run at the front all day um and when needs be they can turn it on and just kick away and yeah. it's consistency too it's you know you'll get someone that has a blinding run or you know a great swim and can hang on um but it's their consistency because they are good at all three sports week in week out that just makes them you know great yeah and I, I watching her in the Olympics was awesome. I think I couldn't be happier that she got up and won a because I picked it and b because uh yeah. I finally got the Gwen Jorgensen monkey off my back when I said she wouldn't win a gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> Getting real smart there. Um, the the idea, though, that um, these sorts of leagues are springing up and that athletes are getting – they seem to be getting better pay from the institutions, except Ironman, who doesn't pay much. But um, it seems like they get, it's a better setup, doesn't it, for a pro athlete. And, and – Always the B graders are going to suffer or not do as well. That's in any sport. Um, but it seems like the A graders in triathlon are actually starting to maybe starting to emerge as, you know, uh, as a proper um, payment for what they get up to. Here's a question for you. Mm. Do you think long course or short course is in a better position as we speak? Oh, geez, it's a good one. I've been thinking about this all day, funnily enough. Now, this is a question without notice, but 
I'll <laughs> I'll answer with a question for you. Um, I want to talk about Triathlon Australia, and I want to talk, but not so much about what's going on at the minute. We'll skirt that because there's legal issues there that I don't want to get into. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get sued. Um, but I think long course is in better shape. I think long course is in Australia, if I can talk to Australia for the moment, in better shape. Worldwide, um, it's hard because I look at how the British athletes are going and their ability to step up and step down, um, whereas in long course, you can only really race long course. These days, these short course guys can go race Super League, can go and race Olympics and and World Triathlon, can step up to a 70.3, can go back down again. They can go all over the place, you know, whereas your traditional long course, they will do a 70.3, not much beyond that. However, the Collins Cup, et cetera, suits, you know, although Taylor Nib made everyone look ridiculous, didn't she? So, um, I, yeah, it's a really hard question, but a very good one. But while we are talking TA, let's probably open up that box as well. If you're unaware of what's going on, um, there's been a huge controversy down here in Australia. Um, the, the Sunday Telegraph, which is a newspaper down here, has run the story. Now, I'm not. I'm quoting this stuff just for any lawyers out there. I'm simply quoting what I'm reading. And um, three Australian coaches have independently told the Sunday Tally in Sydney that they were told by Triathlon Australia that they only wanted certain athletes to win qualifying races in the lead-up to Tokyo so they could boost their rankings and secure extra quota spots. The allegations have been reported to Sport Integrity Australia, which was already conducting a wider investigation into complaints from the triathlon community after the team's disappointing performance at Tokyo. The tally reported that the coaches approached to, um, to manipulate the results of qualifying races, refused to get involved, and Triathlon Australia is denying that anything went wrong. So that's the official stance the other side of this is emma carney who is absolutely blowing the lid off everything that she knows how to blow off like she's like that one off the muppets used to just run around blowing shit up and then running off that's what she's doing she's just throwing hand grenades left right and center um and they are detonating everywhere to the point where she's been threatened with legal um uh legal uh, issue or, or proceedings from triathlon australia but she continues. If you get on her Twitter, she will see a whole lot of stuff um, that she's throwing out. Um, original or, or, or what's your initial thoughts? It's a hard one. Like you sort of sit back and like did – yeah, it's such a, a messy, messy situation and obviously everyone's got to be careful about what they say. Correct. Um, <laughs> due, to, due to how much it has exploded. But I don't know. I, I look back and obviously it's been referred to back in the era when, you know, the Emmas were dom dominant, Australia was Australia was dominant. Um, but if we look at them, and you can go back to 2000, um, what was it, Michaela Jones got second there. Um, none of our men meddled. We, we talk about dominant eras and, you know, yes, our men were dominant in the 90s, but realistically you know we do well at commonwealth games that's great but we haven't been really near a podium in olympic games for quite some time yeah okay. um yeah you know we're talking over 20 years now so we're going back a long time to say we were a dominant 
so that's one aspect. The second aspect is to, um, I think, if we were dominant, you know, every you, you look at footy teams um, or you look at your favourite sporting team, you go through highs and lows. There's going to be periods where, you know, everyone loves loves to throw around the, the rebuild phase. Um, you know, have we got the talent there at the moment? Do we need to rebuild? Um, have we been rebuilding for a long time? So there, there's that aspect too of, yes, it's great and everyone acknowledges when we're good, but, you know, it, it, the, the longer you go and winning, the closer you are to a loss and, you know, you're not going to be dominant forever. Um, that's just like a, a, it's fact. Um, the next, next point would be back in the, the 90s, you know, 2000 era as well, there was probably a lot less countries doing the sport of triathlon. You know, you, you had your mainstream. It was probably a bit more of a, a white-collar sport than a, a blue-collar sport just due to, you know, expenses of, of doing it. But now, you know, when Norway thinking about doing triathlon, you know, was a lot of the other, you know, countries thinking about doing triathlon back then, probably not. They're, they're probably too busy doing cross-country skiing and, you know, their traditional sports as well. So we've got an influx of a lot more athletes up at that top end. And there's only so much room at the pointy end. Um, so you're going to be pushing other people out as well. So there's, there's a... A lot more countries and a lot more athletes at the pointy end now too. And then hmm. uh, the, the the final one is is you know there's, there's cool sports out there now. You, you watch the last Olympics. There's skateboarding. There's surfing. There's you know you know Australia is a country. What are we? Twenty four odd million. We're probably growing a little bit since that was last done. Done. Um, but you know twenty four million is like Orange, Los Angeles, and Orange County in the US. That's our entire country. We've got to choose from. Now, if you start throwing in all the sports, all the tra- traditional sports, football, netball, basketball, athletics, swimming, you know, the, the normal pool, but then add on the, the cool sports now of skateboarding, surfing, then on top of that, throw on winter Olympic sports, which probably was never on people's radar back in the 90s and 2002. All of a sudden, our pool to draw those good athletes from, it's turned into a pond. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I agree too that we're, you know, look, it, it all stemmed from our poor Olympic performance, right? So in Tokyo, we were garbage. And um, you can't, I don't, you know, it all, athletes, some of the athletes there, the Aussie athletes got all defensive about being called for a poor performance and you don't know everything and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, the, there's an expectation that when you represent Australia at the Olympics that you are, you know, a medal shot. Everybody gets very... Uh, up and about about uh, you know all of our chances and as you said Luke you've made a really good point about you know the pool and the population everything else but at the end of the day the Australian triathlon team failed again the only time we ever saw them on the coverage was when they're getting lapped in the mixed relay um, the whole thing blew up in their face afterwards when Emma Carney has unloaded on triathlon Australia publicly calling for you know all sorts of things and saying things like um, that um, when it comes out what Triathlon Australia has done, it's going to rock the sport, Australian sport, et cetera. And, you know, now there's a massive slinging match going on. But it all stemmed from a poor effort in Tokyo, which I think is justified. And I think, uh, you know, as a funded sport, then it's got to be answerable. 
and you know there's got to be questions asked about who's running it and how are we running it and are we doing the right thing and how's our talent identification going and all those sorts of things from the ground up as to what's happening when you consider the strength of other programs and why we can't match them when there are so many um you know good athletes going around and i know it's weird because of covid i think we kind of you know, we take that into consideration and travel and all those other things, but it all stemmed from a poor effort. Now, now, and Emma Carney's gone absolutely um, flat out on TA, and this is an ongoing slinging match that's now brought into um, question everything Triathlon Australia does, has ever done, um, every cent they've ever spent, um, and she's questioning everything. So it is becoming... Like really full on. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know, like there's a there's a lot of finger pointing, but you know, if we sit back and I used to play a bit of devil's advocate is I think like I would say it's a it's a shared accountability. Like this is my own personal opinion. Sure. Um but you know, I, I and we know Emma's sort of always signs off, you know, athletes first always. Um but you know, it, everyone knew when the start date was. Everyone knew the, the circumstances. Um, you know, a poor result. We, we may have got the poor result anyway. Um, you know, if, if you look at the, the you, go, you go off the World Cup rankings, you know, we, we really didn't have anyone in a realistic medal contention position. So to say that the, the Aussies were probably going to come home with a gold medal was Probably a bit unrealistic. Mixed team relay, different different story. Um, we were very well ranked in that, but I think you know you, you go from say TA to the coaches to the athletes themselves. Like, there's got to be some accountability on each of those levels. You yeah, if you lose a championship race, if so, if you as a you know an AFL coach or an NFL coach or an NBA coach, and you lose, you're accountable. Where's the accountability with this though? Like. For the last, you know, two Olympics, there's been no results. So it's a performance-based uh, sport and a performance-based job. So I would think at the end of an Olympic cycle, if you haven't produced anything, then you get sacked. That would just, I don't know, it just seems logical to me. Yeah, it's a hard one, I guess. And then, you know, but then you're starting from scratch. So... You know, you look at, refer it for us to say, you know, and the rest of the world too with football teams. Um, the issue too is it's easy, it's very easy to sack someone, I guess, to put it simply. But what's the point of sacking someone if you've got no one to replace them or if you've got no, if you've got no one to replace them that can do a better job? Yeah. Yep. And that's trying to maybe they don't have anyone, but I'm not saying. And again, I'm not calling for the sacking of anyone. I'm just saying that I would have thought, based on you know world sports, that you know if you have four years to develop a team, get a team ready. And this is the other thing too that I wanted to ask you about being a pro, ex pro, retired pro. I don't know what you are these days, but um, just old. <laughs> do you know? I wouldn't want though if I was a young pro. I just think the idea of trying to race at, you know, say if I'm a young, you know, pro trying to, you know, qualify my country for, a, a, you know, for the Olympics and the coaches say to me, hey, you go and race shit race over here 
and you go, but I don't want to go race shit race. I want to go race cool race over there where there's prize money and different things. No, no, no. Off you go to shit race to get points. Yeah, but I really don't. Like that um, dilemma, and I know people get it signing in, but because there's so many things going on, if I wanted to go and race Super League or I wanted to go and race some new race that's shown up that's got a you know a big prize bucket attached to it and I'm you know in that sort of shape, but I have to go off and race shit race, then I'm going to be pretty upset by that and my motivation is also going to be tested, I would have thought, because I don't even know at the end of the day if I'm going to make an Olympic team even though I'm gathering points. It's kind of – ah, it's weird. It's it's a weird setup, the Olympics. I'm not I'm not 100% behind it. If I have been an athlete, I wouldn't have thought, not that I have been in that level, but I would find it hard to not go to other races because I was off doing a points-gathering exercise. Yeah, pre-Olympics, so take Olympics out of it. Yeah. Um. Who you know? Who were the dominant ones that you thought were going to be up there? In Australia? No, in the world. So off WTS races. Uh, I mean, everyone was. I mean, men's that they were all backing uh, Vincent Louis. You know, they're all on him. Yeah, so he didn't fire. Thirteenth. Yep. yep, didn't fire. Yep. Um, no, no one saw Blumenfeld doing what he did. And again, I, I, I see the point you're driving to. Um, do you reckon they're that it is unprecedented? Do you reckon they're like? Do you reckon Spain's under investigation or France because they had a bad day? Like you know, Louis was the best Frenchman at thirteenth, and then uh, you know, and then the Chronics was seventeenth. You know, the first Mola was tenth. You know, Fernando was twelfth. Just because Australia had a bad day. And yeah, but there's, they've had bad years. Like the the those guys are winning races around the world still. Like they're winning world triathlon races, and they're 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 prevalent, right? They're there. They're in the mix. They're being spoken about because they're of their past performances. You, we haven't seen like you wouldn't mention an Australian male in the top three or four ever in, in the last probably I don't know few seasons. It would have been a while, and I, you know it is what it is. I think um, if you're going to be a professional athlete, you have to be prepared to be spoken about. Correct. And you have to be prepared for people to say, hey, you're not racing well. You haven't put in some good performances. You haven't been near the podium. If you don't want to be spoken about, become an age grouper. That's I've always believed that. Um, if you don't like it, then don't be a pro athlete. Be an age grouper and be a good age grouper. So I can probably say that we haven't had that conversation, whereas those French and the Spanish and the uh, obviously the British program, the American program have all had bright spots, whereas we don't seem to have that many at the moment. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think, you know, you're right, the last two cycles were probably, you know, since, you know, Emma Moffat sort of, retired yeah. and moved on we, we we haven't really filled filled the spots yet um no. and then the you know the men's probably probably pretty similar so yeah and and you've got to be thick-skinned about it you know like <laughs> i know i saw some of the posts that you know that that you know some athletes put not just australian athletes but other athletes saying oh you know we're getting getting shit canned and people don't really understand stuff it's like well yeah they understand mate and and people get it but as a, you've got to sometimes, you know, like LeBron misses a game winner and the world knows about it. Put some perspective into it. Yeah. You know, you've got this podcast and there's no other Australian triathlon media talking about you. They, a radio station rang me about this story and said, can you come on? And I just said, no. I said, I, just, I don't, 
there's there's no story. There's Emma Carney sounding off about a bunch of stuff, but there's nothing proven. I said, if you want to get sued, you pay my lawyer's bill. I'll come on and tell you whatever, whatever you want to hear. <laughs> and the fact that we've got, you know, the fact that Australia had the only team that had six spots in the Olympics and they're talking about race fixing and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not on anyone's side. I'm, I'm like you sitting in the middle watching you know, two sides slug it out, and then we'll find out, I guess, at some point. But, um, you know, everybody's speaking on anonymity. Nobody's sort of putting names to things except for Carney. And it, it's that's a that's a, that's a a bucket of chum and sharks and asking you to go jump swim in it, you know, and I was not going to do that. Um, but, but at the same token, you know, I think as a sporting public, we have the right to question how sports are being um, – run and, and how our athletes are being prepared and, and why are we not seeing results when and, and you're right remember the, the you know in the grand old days of the ITU you'd see Australian results all the time there was always an Australian somewhere women have been phenomenal for, for 15 years not so not so now and even in that mixed relay the egg and spoon race of triathlon um we were nowhere, absolutely nowhere. We came out of the water on that first leg, and then by end of the first transition, we were out the back so quickly it was done. Which, I mean, how's that? How do you explain that? Yeah, I guess you know we sit here and we're only we're only talking about the the result and what we saw on the day. Um, we're not privy to all that information which you talked about, so it's sort of hard to. Hard to, I guess, discuss. Um, yeah, we, we missed that front front bunch and, and because of the nature of that mixed team relay, it was just, yeah, you're not going to catch up. Um, is, it, but, is it hard though reading your own press? Like if you, you know, when you were pros, it hard reading, you know, someone writing about, you know, you having a, having a crap day and stuff. Is it tough reading that or do you not read it or do you, do you filter it? What do you mean? Did, what do you, I, I asked him whether, you know, I got sick of you asking whether I was ever going to <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, we, we've talked about this many, 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 many times over. Yeah, what the past twenty years is. Yeah, and, and I'm in agreement with you. If if you're going to put yourself out there to race professionally, and you know, especially more so these days too, where there's Instagram, the social media, and everyone's willing to put stuff out there, but you can't expect everyone to like what you put out there or your results. Or you know, you have a bad day. It's it's a bad day, but yeah, you've got to you've got to be able to cop the criticism. You, you've got to have some thick skin to be able to deal with it. Um, you know, I, I always come back to as you know, realistically, I I couldn't give you know to what someone else said about me that I didn't know. If a family or a, or a friend said it about me, then you know you, you take the heart a little bit more and you might question it. But yeah, if they, if you know Kevin was here and he bagged me out. It's like, yep, that's that's your opinion, Kev. You know, that's fine. Um, mm. So we see it week in, week out with all other sports. And as you said, it's LeBron, it's, you know, tennis, um, whatever. It's you, You're great one week, um, but you, you're only as good as your last game. And, you know, the, the media's job is to talk about what happened um, and, you know, cre- create a story. And sometimes you're on the good side of it and sometimes you're on the crappy side of it, but... As you said, a part of being a professional athlete is not only to race well and, you know, obviously do the little things well, but it's it's to be able to deal with it. And that's that's half 
half the battle of being a mentally like a good athlete too is you know we talk about it it's as much mental as physical and we always come back to race day and you know there's you know the the old cliche of Kona is there's you know 20 people on the start line that can win it but realistically there's only you know five because of the the mental ability but take it outside of that too it's your mental ability to to be able to handle the day in day out physical and mental side of things as well and yeah a part of that is copying the criticism well because we only like uh, media can only see what they can see and you're right there's a lot of stories that you miss and a lot of back stories that you miss and you know little misadventures and things like that um but as the olympics has shown us you know it only takes a split second a split mistake to lose a gold medal it takes Lewis Hamilton to, you know, overshoot a corner by an inch to get taken on the, you know, overtaken and, you know, like these are the small things. It's not saying that Lewis Hamilton's a rubbish person. It just said that that point he wasn't as good as the dude who went round him, you know, or Jess Fox, the canoeist who hits a, um, hits a, a yep. thank you, on the way down. Uh, you know, not saying she's a bad person, but for that split second she was bested by somebody else. Um, you know, and that's, I think, you know, in triathlon, because we're so, it's such a, still in some ways, it is an amateur endeavor, even at the professional level. Um, you know, everyone's expected to always be on point and, and, and slapping backs, which is why we enjoyed the press conferences at the Collins Cup so much when people were free to be themselves and just take a swing at someone if they wanted to, you know, um, you put, Joe Skipper and, you know, guys like Starkovitz and all that kind of stuff into that realm and it's it becomes funny, you know. It becomes a, a bit of theatre, which is what the sport probably needed um, at that point. It's interesting you mentioned Kona. How many times did you race in Kona? And if I say the word the big dance with Kona, there's an automatic <laughs> um, button that comes up and slaps me on the side of the head, so I won't call it that. But how many times do you race? So yours is the big dance. I, I always used to get to everyone. It's the it's the triathlon Super Bowl. Of, <laughs> it's not it's not the Super Bowl. It's it's kind of. Um, I was on the I was on the start line, uh, thirteen times there. Wow, what what did you see change in the racing from like from from when you started to when you know you sort of decided to hang up racing there? Yeah, so I think uh, I think Tim DeBoom put up a post the other day. Actually, um, it was like twenty years since his one of his wins, and that was one of the the ones you know I used to love the to the DeBoom brothers. Um, so I think what well, two thousand two, two thousand three was my first one. Peter Reed, um, the the big names then was you know obviously Peter Reed had won three. Um, Tim DeBoom, you, you had you know Hal Regal. I got to race against Jurgen Zach. Um, you know the old school. Guys, the swim back then, I think, you know, we'd get out of the water and it'd be, I don't know, there might be six to eight of us sort of thing, you know, in that lead pack. And you would ride ride hard to quite high Harvey, um, knowing that the Germans would come in. And then, you know, the, the race was on on the return trip. So, and then it, it's always the run, the run was the run. And, you know, the, the likes of Peter Reid and Tim DeBoon, I think Peter Reid was always that... 244, 248, you had to run 248 to win it. Um, so, you know, the guys are running low 240 now, um, you know, on a, 
if we take an average, so the runs probably hasn't improved that much um, to a degree. Um, I'll, I'll probably get slapped down by that those people's comments <laughs> we were talking about a few minutes ago, um, but I can deal with it. I'm a big boy. Uh, <laughs> the bike, well, obviously the swim over the years. So it's now, you know, 80% of the field get out in that league pack. Um we went through the area where, you know, Andy Potts started stepping up and he'd get out with the, the big lead in the swim. Um, you know, Farris as well, probably those early, um, 2005 to 2010. Um, but you used to be able to get away with a weak swim and then you always had to have a, a strong enough to bike that you would limit the time to the Germans and then yeah. you'd be able to run well. That was, that was the probably early 2000s blueprint. And then you had the likes of, I guess, Macca, Crowey and that come in. Um, and just before we even get onto it, I guess one of those glitches in my neck is, is always when someone mentions, oh, the ITU guys have stepped up and, you know, they've changed the game. And, and my argument is always they've always stepped up. It's just in a four-year cycle. Like you go back, Simon Lessing stepped up, you know, Dimitri Gag stepped up. Spencer Smith stepped up. Welchie, you know, Welchie come. Tim Bentley raced Ironman and was, I think, top five in Canada. Like the IT guys have always been stepping up back to yeah. pre two thousand. So let's let's eliminate that one as you know. Have have they helped increase the speed? Yes, but are they game changers? I would say no because it's always been on a four year cycle. Well, didn't Mark Allen race it in the rainbow jersey one year from his win in Avignon, France, uh, the Olympic distance title? And he wore – didn't he wear the rainbow jersey one year? Yeah, and, you know, you go Karen Smiles. Karen Smiles dabbled between yeah. both of them for, for years. McKeeley. Yeah, McKeeley. So it's, you know, that I find that a, a tough argument. Um, it's just I think – Progression, like if everyone sort of argues back in the year, I'm not big on comparing eras because everyone is good as what they can at their time. You know, we, we go back to early 2000 and, you know, you have Paul Acura talking about heart rate and Mark Allen talking about heart rate. But before that, they trained off RPE where, you know, we're now into era where people are wearing patches on their arm to measure their glucose absorption into the bloodstream to, you know, obviously power meters to this instantaneous data. Um, ceramic bearings, wind tunnel testing, like all these things, all, all add up to going quicker. Um, the power numbers, you know, I guess you know, there, there's guys that can push out some big numbers, but that that lead pack or, you know, the, the guys that get off near the pointy end are still pushing around that four watts per kilo. Um, they're just in a hell of a lot better position. The, the equipment's a hell of a lot better um, than, than what it was back in the day. Mm. Um, I'm sure Jürgen would definitely have pushed some pretty bloody big numbers in Norman as well, um, but just without that extra extra data. And then, you know, the, the runs are a little bit better, but with all those progressions in the other sport, you know, nutrition off the score, off, off the course, um, strength and conditioning, like recovery boots, like we can go on about the both technology and I guess just the overall advancements in knowledge, experience, time, learning, adaptation. You know, there's all these things that the time should be getting quicker. Like yeah. they, they should be going quicker than Mark Allen. Yeah. And there's a lot less 
mullets. In shame, isn't it? It's a shame. Remember Ken Souza? Kenny Souza. He had a rock and mullet. Kenny Glar. Well, you could. Kenny Glar Glar nearly went into a plat. Yeah, and didn't Paul Newby Fraser also? You know, she run and she run some real interesting setups there. Erin Baker was always just you know squared up, but PNF she ran some mullets too. Um, it's interesting. I like your conversation around the ITU stepping up. I don't, I not, you know, not really thought of it too, because well, she was a world champion at that level, um, in Disneyland, I believe, one year. Um, and it is interesting that you're right that the change in all of this, um, and the change in date this year too. I mean, no Kona again for another year. That's disappointing. But um, what are you, what are you thinking about having Kona replaced or? becoming a biannual event, as was suggested, I believe, by one of the Wirtels, uh who was just throwing long bombs. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a big over-armour, isn't it? <laughs> it is. What do you reckon? I, I personally think it's the dumbest thing in the world, no offence to the Wirtels. Um, to be fair, no one ever did a race report as good as Trevor. That His race reports were the best ever. Amber, Amberger gets close to it. Yeah, his, say, that's a close second. Yeah, he's very good. And I do miss Callum Cupcakes with Callum. Um, that was joyous. That was a joyous nine or ten minutes. Um, well, I don't know what I told me. Oh, Kona leaving for a couple of years or coming back every two years. Where, where are you sitting on that? Would you like to see it move away from the, the big island? I don't – yeah, I don't think so. That's – again, it, it's just the history. I think if, if we lose that – um, then you know mm. we'll see, we'll probably see people exiting left, right, and centre. Like you know, I've got friends that are still trying to qualify. That that that's like their life goal is yeah get to Kona and just be on that start line in the water to hear Mike Riley to hear that cannon go to yeah. you know it's once you can't relate to that. Um, yeah, it's funny because we still talk about, you know, racing on the the same course and comparing times back to the greats. But, you know, if, if we go over it with a fine-tooth comb, you know, the bike used to finish up the other end of a lee here. They used to run in and out of the pit. <laughs> um, yeah. It was actually quite a bit different. I think my first year there, uh, the, the pier was under construction. So we actually finished T2 at the airport and we had to, or the old airport behind the swimming pool, and we had to run, yeah. run back on one of the runways to get an extra, I don't know, two mile, I think it was, before we found <laughs> the course. So the course is actually hard to even compare, but it's still that those history and those moments. The the main things there are like, you know, obviously the swim in the water, the pier, you've got Polani Hill, um, you've got, you know, Harvey, you've got the trade winds, like as soon as you start moving it, people can't talk about those things, and and it's within within our sport, and yet yeah, knowing that our sport's a small one, but within our community, that's a, a global experience. Like you know, I could go talk to someone in you know France that has raced Kona, and it'd be like, oh, it was that you know, if we both raced on the same year, it'd be like that would be the windiest year ever. Do you <laughs> remember the trade winds coming down from Harvey? And, yeah, you know, as soon as you, you like. If you go over there and it's a moving thing, it's like, oh, what world championships did you race? Where where was that one? What was that like? Like, all of a sudden, you you don't even have that initial bond, like that yeah. that bond's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's 
it's daft. It, it would be the dumbest thing in the world in my book. I, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. It's just stupid. It's, it's not a good idea. It's the equivalent of going, okay, well, Paru Bay, let's do Paru Bay in New South Wales or Victoria for every second year. It'll still be the, kind of like Roubaix, but it won't be Roubaix. It's not the same fucking thing. It's not even the same sport when you take it out of Kona. It's nothing. It's it's You're right. It has all the history behind it. It has all the um, foundation to our sport. It has all the mystique behind it. It has all the it – just it is everything about it. You know, and everybody knows when you get off the plane in Kona and you get that wind hit you in the face, you certainly welcome, you know, you're not in Oz anymore. You know, you're you're in, this is reality. This is the reality of what your race looks like. When you can't sit at Lava Java and watch some guy doing three-minute per K efforts two days out from race day or take a sunset photo of the same freaking place opposite Lava Java, or when you can't afford to go to Bubba Gumps because you're a triathlon writer, um, sorry, that was my own in joke. You, you lose it. I think you lose it. I think I think you're hundred percent right. It, it you can't replace this stuff, and you shouldn't. Not only that, it's the only differentiator that Ironman has. It is the crown in in or the, in their in their suite of races. It is the without peer, without question, the greatest week in the triathlon calendar. Roth, Super League, Collins Cup, great, all great, but nothing compares to that. They are all still pale because they sit in the shadow of Kona and it will not change. And if you pull it out, um, it is akin to madness. And I understand why they're doing it at the moment because the mayor of Kona is just going, hey, man, this whole COVID thing I'm not cool with. I get that, but that's not going to be the case forever. So... Yeah, I think we are in furious agreement about this one. Um, it stays put. It needs to stay put. And sure, move the 70.3 around wherever you like. But uh, the big dance has to be the big dance, <laughs> I think. Do you, yeah, it's like it's definitely going to be, you know. And we've got, obviously, I think there's actually been more interest around Ironman California now, you know, where everyone started to move on from, from Kona and, you know, mm. the moving to St. George or and whatnot yep. uh, early next year. But it, it's not like California now and it's come back to <laughs> the showdown um, between Gustav and, and Jan. Um, so that, that yeah. I think that's, you know, sort of replaced it for this year. But, yeah, you're right. It's, you know, I think St. George will come and go. Um, it's unfortunate and, you know, the person that wins it is going to earn, obviously, that world title. That's a it's a bloody hard course. Um, I raced yeah, yeah, yeah. Raced yeah. it once, but you know, do you, it, it's going to come out the wrong way. But anyway, do, do you want to win? <laughs> do you want to win, win that race with the asterisk next to it? Yeah. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, it's. I think most of the athletes would still want to say they've won Kona rather than won St. George. There'll be there'll be a hand, you know, there'll, there'll probably be a handful that, that will sit there and, you know, probably say, no, no, I'm happy to win St. George and, you know, the, the payday will be good. But the next question following on from anyone obviously in the future will be, oh, how'd you go in Kona the next year or previously? Yeah, it always it always comes back to Kona. Yeah, it does. It, it's the touchstone for the sport and it – 
you know, I completely understand the move, and I, I don't, and I'm, I'm not paying out an Ironman by any stretch. It's you know the, the right thing to do, trying to put on a world title. But it, it and St George is an awesome spot, and it's good course, and we saw that that it's you know that offers a lot. Um, but it's not Kona. It, nothing is. It's like getting a Ferrari and it drives beautifully, and you're going, oh, I'll tell you what, I might just put a you know hold hold an engine in that just to see what will happen. Well, don't muck up something that is not needing uh, to be fixed. Whether they stick it out over three days, two days, whether they have, you know, um, uh, different modified for the championships, whatever, that, you know, that you can kind of tinker with maybe, but holding it in another spot is, um, yeah, it would be for Iron Man, it would be the equivalent of stepping, stepping off the cliff, I would have thought. Wouldn't it be a good result. Yeah. It would get messy. Yeah. Um, on, an, on another race front, what are your thoughts on the – it's going to be quiet of late, obviously, but obviously Ali's a little bit in, injured at the minute too. Or coming up yeah. the, um, the sub seven, exactly. sub eight, where, where do you see that fitting into – like obviously we've, we've thrown around a, a few different concepts and people adapting and races adapting off the back of COVID. What's your view on the sub seven, sub eight? Are you going to watch it? No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, no. I just, I don't know. I, I just I, look the the Fredino Fest was, and another thing about Fredino, I saw him playing table tennis on one of his Instagram reels. I reckon I can take him in table tennis. Yarn, oh, if you're listening, the challenge has been laid down, buddy. There okay, has to be something he wasn't good at, isn't there? Has to be. Yeah. Hundred percent, and I reckon I would smoke him on a table because my backhand around my house is known as lethal, and my twelve-year-old can't defend it. And I go hard every time. Just understand that, like yarn. I go hard all the time on the table, my friend. The green top is not your friend. Anyway, um, the 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 that match racing stuff that I don't, I didn't, you know, I didn't love the. It's like you know when they tried, they did the marathon and they tried to break the marathon record and. Anything that's that contrived, I'm not that rat with. Now, I'm not saying that Fredino didn't deserve what he got in that in that match, up, but it wasn't pure, right? Like it was a cool concept and it was all good, but I don't know how much more of that I want to watch. You know, all that sort of match racing and stuff. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not massive on it. Where do you sit on it? I mean, if you were a pro now, would you be looking to do a match race versus someone, or would you look at that as an option, or would you see what the payday was? Well, obviously, yeah, obviously, as an athlete, you, you've got to look at the payday. Um, that would influence a hell of a lot. Um, I think you'd be naive if you, or someone's lying to you if they, if an athlete said, you know, nah, I'm not into it. <laughs> when the payday was pretty good, yeah. it'd be just dumb to say no. Really, let's be honest. It's that's yeah. that's your job <laughs> to earn money. Um, but in terms of say Frodo's matchup, I, I didn't mind that because it was still swim ride and run like you could still relate to it as an individual or an athlete or an age grouper because you know at the end of the day he was still out there swim riding and running where the thought of having a peloton or you know people that you swim on their feet to suck you along sitting in a big bunch on a bike you know yes they're going to sit at 50 k's an hour or that um I don't know. You, you feel like you nearly may, may as well just get out a, a motor scooter with a roller on the back and, you know, tap along like we used to back back in the day down to Portsea and back behind the yeah. motor pacing because effectively that's what it is. You're trying to 
get sucked along in the swim, sucked along on the bike. And then, you know, yes, you can argue they've still got to do it and, and run quick as well. Um, but if there's run paces and protection of wind and I, I find it further removed from being able to relate to it where the Frodo Sanders one, you're like, they're still pushing wind. They're still out there solo. Um, yeah. So you can you can still get a feel for it. But, yeah, I don't know. The running, so with the breaking two, and, you know, it's just gone on two years now. Um, I've got another question for you too, actually, after this. <laughs> um, on, that, on that, like running is, is still an impact. And, yes, they were breaking the wind a, a bit, but it's nowhere to the extent of, you know, what it is sitting on someone's feet in the swim. And, obviously, we all know what it's like to sit on a wheel cycling. Um, so I just feel that the triathlon being sucked along and doing that concept is, yeah, I'd, yeah, I, I think I'll, I'd wake up and look at the results the next day and just go, oh, yeah. And if they didn't break it, you'd probably go, ah, oh, you know, they failed. Like if they go 8 you know, 8 or what is it, breaking 7 and breaking 8, they go yeah. seven oh one or seven zero zero, you know, in one second and the girls do the same at 8 hours, then it's a failure. Um, people will see it as a failure because everyone's expecting with that assistance that it should be done. Yeah, and 727, which is what Jan put down, who's breaking that? No one's breaking that. No one's getting near that. And no one's getting near 818 either. I wouldn't have thought. Is it Chrissy Wellington's? And, again, that was done at Roth. Is that was that like the legit course or the short? Because that's the other thing that breaks me too is that you know all these courses aren't verified. Here we go again, Phil. Everyone says, "I know, I know," <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, like first survey the course. Let's make sure the course is the right length so that if we're going to celebrate a world record, we get it right. I'm pretty sure the Tri Royale battle thing was right on. Um, but you know, hasn't Roth always been a bit suspect for distance? I'm not. Yeah, might be corrected on that. I know you, you can argue, you know, over the years, you know, Austria is another super quick one where it was within the what is it, ten percent rule or sort of thing. You could argue. Um, well, we saw the clown show at Barcelona last week too, didn't we? The bloody pack of a hundred dudes all riding around. Slow. What a what a slowest bunch of blokes I've ever seen riding in a triathlon. Jesus, there's like two dudes in aero position. The rest are all making ham sandwiches and passing them along. What a joke. Um, oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> You know, and this is, again, the, the way I ended looked at, at things. I was never big on comparing times. I would look at race yeah. results and you compare it to the winner. So the winner would have set the, – the winner's the benchmark and then you, you work at, I guess, times or percentage back from that winner. And and it was for that year only because, yeah, conditions change, courses change. They don't have to change much to make a bit of a difference. Um, there's too many variables in our sport. So I was yeah. never a big one of comparing times. Um, I was a, a win's a win. Um, you know, you, you sort of come back to, and then your your results of how people went would be a comparison back from you know, say the winner within that event. But you know, to compare Hawaii last year or you know, twenty eighteen, pick a year to two thousand and eight, and compare times, yeah, I I sort of think that's irrelevant. It's a yeah, different race, different time, different conditions, so many different factors. Yeah, yeah, you cannot. And look, uh, <laughs> sub seven means you drop twenty seven minutes 
right? Where are you finding that? Because I'm pretty sure uh, that Fredino goes full Indiana Jones as to how he finds speed. So if you drop his time by 27 minutes, um, I'm going to be asking some pretty pointed questions about how you found your speed. That's all I'd say to that because that is a significant come down. Unless the bike starts T2 or T1 starts at the top of a mountain <laughs> and you just descend for like a long time with panniers either side for weight so you get plenty of speed and just lean your way down there motorbike style. That's what I'd be asking. Yeah, it's, it's, a wild time. Right, it's, it's on the edge of possibility, I reckon. Like, you know, right, Luke Bell, come on, buddy. Like, so if we break it down, so if you go a low 40-minute swim, if they average, you know, I'm not saying they're going to average 50K an hour, but, you, you, <laughs> you know, there, is there a limit on how many people? I've heard rumours of they've, they've been speaking to professional Tour de France cyclists to be able to, you know, we're not just talking other. <laughs> to be able to what? Finish that sentence, mate. <laughs> well, you know, to be able to chop off turns, if you've got a, you know, pick a Tour de France team, you know, they're, it's a flat course. They they can honestly probably roll turns and chop off 45, 50K an hour. You know, the the hell ride on Beach Road sits close to that, you know, every Saturday for 100-odd Ks, and that's just local local punters. Um, yeah. And then if they're, you know, they're going to have, or who you know, they're going to have to run and, and say the males. We'll, we'll say the males here because I, I can talk to that a bit easier. They're going to have to run that sort of three, uh, 230 pace marathon, sort of you know, low 230, which if they run 330 pace, um, that's going to get you sub 230. So a 234, around a 233, 234 will get you like a 230, 235 marathon. But, but it's drafting though, right? Like you're saying, it's, it's, it's a bullshit concept. Yes. So it's that's, not. That's the issue is you can't yeah. get to it. Yeah, no, and that's the thing, right? So all this is, the whole thing is a sham because you can draft. Yeah. So. It's, uh, I, I come back to like what's the market you're selling it to? Yeah. Because if you're selling it to triathletes, we're all going to sit there saying it's bullshit. Yeah. If you're selling it to a non-sporting person, they're going to go, I don't really understand this. What are you doing? Concept, yes. So what are they? What are they? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> uh, if you want to know more about it, you can, you know, you can Google, I think it's sub seven or sub eight or whatever yeah. it is, and you can check it out. But I think after, after, after you know, the, all, all the races lately and then, you know, we're, we've had the, the marathons of late. I think that the one that's sort of drive me nuts a bit over COVID is the reference to all these super shoes still. Yeah, right. When's when's it going to be long enough that we just resolve back to call them shoes? Mm. Because it's been two years since you know the two hour was broken with the with the super shoes. Can like is two years long enough that we can just reset and call them shoes? Yeah. Are they gonna? Will they ever bring that back? Or what do you mean? Are we going back to like the the old road bikes and make it boring on the track with with the with the one hour time trial? <laughs> that worked really well going backwards, didn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, 
it's yeah, I don't know. It just, I, I agree. I don't, I'm not under, I'm not it just, across that enough. But like everyone's saying, you know, what's their what's their honest marathon time? Or you know, even the guys in, in tries, oh, they would have ran this quick if they didn't have those shoes on. And I'm just like, well, everyone else in the field's got the shoes. Sorry, it's a, a level playing field now. Like you know, the the person coming in way back has even got the the alpha flies on. Um, yeah, you know, whatever model people are using. Um, yeah, I should, probably should say that the Cloud Boom Echoes. Um, oh, the Cloud Boom Echoes are my personal favorite yeah. shoe in the world. But they're, they're Lo- lovely, uh, lovely shoe. But they're shoes now. They're they're not super shoes anymore. They're just shoes. People just call them shoes. Yeah, yeah. Let's get let's get past this, people. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, we've un- we've opened up a few Pandora's number of Pandora boxes going on here. What? Just looking at the cloud boom echoes. They're they're a sharp looking shoe, aren't they? Hamburger makes them look sharp. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you now, if I was gonna, if I ever ran again, I'd look at getting them. Between now and the end of the year, what, yep. what races? You know, obviously in the southern hemisphere, we've got Noosa Try coming up, which is one of our big ones. It's probably yep. going to be a local race um, overseas. Obviously, we've got you know Kelly seventy point three, which is always a, a pretty hot field, and obviously Ironman California. Um, what are you most looking forward to watching between now and the end of the year? That's it. I'm in California. Yep. I just I don't know. I like I, I, you know. Call me crazy. I think you know. I just want to see racing. I want to see this country get back to normal. That's the first thing I want to do. You know, and and normal is people doing mass participatory events. You know, having a swing at your local park run or your you know your favorite gravel race or whatever that is. Um, I want to see that work. Uh, in this country, I mean, it's you know there are. It's almost like we've got separate countries in within the country at the moment. Um, the way they run at um, uh, Western Australia, you know, no one's getting in there till about twenty twenty seven, I believe, um, and they're building a wall very slowly. Maddie's going to romp Ironman Bustleton this year. No, Ironman Bustleton will have nineteen people, <laughs> and there'll be sixty spots qualifying for Kona there. So you'll be able to get one for yourself and your mate. You call um, for St George. Sorry, my bad. Um, remember, um, remember when they had Ironman Malaysia, I believe. And now I don't want to make fun of this because they had the tsunami around about that time, and there was more spots than there were athletes. That was the that's the hottest race I've ever done. Really, I should have gone. No, I didn't like the heat. I didn't like the wet. I didn't like many things about triathlon. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the get, getting back to normal. The first thing, second thing would be just yeah, that Ironman California would be fun. I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, I, I like the idea of just, I don't know, I, for as long as I can remember, just getting our message out there that, you know, the best have to break the race the best in order to produce the best product. Yep. So if you can get that, you're going to get something that's better than some contrived, you know, race, which we've just spent five minutes shooting down. But um, what are you, is that the same for you? Is that, you know, and how, like, how closely do you watch all this stuff? Are you still someone who's really engaged or is it, you know? Yeah, I, I still watch it for sure. Like, um, yeah. you know, it's the, the sport gave me so much over these. You know, I was I did it for twenty. I was lucky enough to do it for twenty years. Um, well, you know, close to. I started in two thousand and two, and you know, wrapped it up in probably twenty nineteen ish. Um, you know, as a 
full-time professional athletes. So I was extremely lucky, gave me a lot, met a hell of a lot of nice people. Um, I, I honestly love the sport. So, you know, it's been half my life. So for sure I'm still going to follow it. I, I st- and I follow it out of just pure interest and joy now. It's actually nice, <laughs> nice to follow it because you don't sit there and analyse results anymore and think, you know, crap, how am I, how am I going to get in the podium or, you know, what race should I do next? Or you just watch it and... I think you get more excited now just off great performances. Um, Joe Skipper's one I've actually enjoyed watching his progression probably over yeah. the last three years. I, I just like him on all, all fronts. Um, you know. The other interesting guy in that one too is Cam Worth, your buddy. Um, you know, against that, you know, some of those boys in that group. It looks, I mean, yeah, it's a stacked field, and that's the thing, right? That holds your attention. Yep. You know, three pros of, you know, 10 pros of which six you've never heard of and four you think maybe and then two you know. You know, like this is an open field, and as good as our man Frodo is, you know, everybody is vulnerable to, a, you know, to someone having a blinder and having a really big day and they and they take you out, you know. Um those sorts of days happen and regularly. So that's the unknown, I think. That's the cool thing. Yeah. And, you, you know, we're, we've got the interesting factor there of, you know, Eden stepping up as well. And as we all know, it's one thing to step up from Olympic distance, you know, to, to half. You, you've gone from effectively, you know, a, say a two-hour event to a four-hour event. Um, but in terms of intensities, you know, the, the half is – a hell of a lot closer to an Olympic distance than it is a full. Um, that that full, as we know, the the jumps, it, it's a bit more exponential. You know, it, it takes a steeper curve. So that's going to be an interesting story within itself. Um, what's going to happen post that six-hour mark, um, six, seven-hour mark? Um, it, it's a bit more of an unknown, um, which creates conversation and interest, which is why I think a lot of people, you know, are watching it too. Um Cam's been, you know, Cam's been, you know, we talk Camworth. He's been pretty quiet of late too, as well. You know, he's he's been definitely knuckling down and doing the training. Um, if you, you know, follow the stats, um, but for him, he's actually been been pretty quiet this year. So it it will be interesting to see how how he comes out of it. It was actually interesting the other night. I was out doing my new sport um, of. <laughs> Ocean paddling. <laughs> Lunatic. We see them all the time down here. What are you doing, mate? I'm still let, let me just say I'm still practicing my swimming a lot at the moment. I was gonna say you'd be tippy as hell on that thing, wouldn't you? Yeah, it depends on the day. Um spent a little bit of time in the water the other night. Yep. Um <laughs> didn't have to get rescued like one guy did by the Coast Guard. <laughs> Jesus. But, the likes of the awesome foursome James Tompkins and Drew Jin, just to drop gold medalist multiples, yeah, drop up a couple of names that I was paddling with out there, along with Mac Horton. There was a lot of Olympic medals there, and I felt very insecure. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting that James and the, and Drew actually follow Cam's progressions, and they talked to him quite a bit. Um, so that was yeah, right. that was sort of cool. You think that you know they did rowing together? Oh, way back in the turn of the century for those boys. Um, but, you know, they've fallen in love and started following our sport of triathlon um, that we've just bagged out for the past hour um, quite yeah. closely because they've got that connection as well, which was was pretty cool. Yeah, good one. Um, we Kevin's going to shoot me because this has gone 
an hour 15. If you've stuck with us, hopefully you've been doing exercise or something, um, maybe folding the washing. Um, that would be good. Um, thanks for your time though, Luke. I This is uh, – we don't do it enough. It's always interesting because you pose questions, whereas – you know, don't get asked a lot, but uh, it's always great catching up with you, buddy. Um, and I hope that we get to catch you before the end of the year again um, and uh, see how all of our bold predictions are actually unfolded. Yeah, if I see you before the end of the year, I'll um, I'll have a, a, a plait like Elsa off Frozen. I think my hair will be that long. <laughs> you look gorgeous. Thanks for your time, buddy. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Try.